Frankly Speaking Sports. I am so glad to have you all with us today. What a great, great, great show we have available for you this evening. First of all, 14 minutes from now, we're going to have Super Bowl three champion, uh, return specialist, and cornerback of the New York Jets, Earl Christie, will be joining us live. So that's in about 15 minutes from now. Also, we're going to go over some news in the NHL. We're going to go over some news um, in the NFL. We got lots and lots and lots and lots of things. We have a lot of people joining us from different venues, different places. You know, if you want to go ahead and do us a big, big favor on this Monday evening, go ahead and do me a favor. Go ahead and share this to your timeline. Please go ahead Hit the share button. It doesn't matter what platform you're on, whether you're on the Jets platform, the Buccaneers platform, uh, the New York Mets baseball platform, and so on and so on and so on. We got an unbelievable show for you. Want to remind you all that in the event, you know, in the future that you do not get to listen to one of our shows, we are on several different platforms. We are on YouTube. That is correct. We are on YouTube, Frankly Speaking Sports. You can go to that, subscribe to that page. It's free. Listen to all of our interviews, all of our podcasts on that terrific channel. We're also on Twitter, at Larry Frankis. That's with the U.S. at the end. Larry Frankis, follow me on Twitter. For those of you folks that are on different platforms, that would like to listen to our show on a nightly basis, go ahead and join Frankly Speaking Sports right here on Facebook, um, on Facebook Live. We will accept your membership, and you will be a member and have access to all the latest sport news and these podcasts. But I told you, from 14 minutes from now, we're going to have the great Earl Christie joining us live, but... You know, I want, to, I want to talk about a few things before we get Earl on the phone. One of the things, if you are ever, ever, ever around the Kansas City, Missouri area, you know, I had the opportunity and the pleasure. Uh, you know, it was a couple of weeks ago we talked to the great Bob Kendrick, the president of the Negro League Baseball Museum, and I had an opportunity this weekend to go with my wife to the Negro League Baseball Museum and let me tell you something. It is a must-see. What great, great history. What a great, great museum. You know, a lot of education, really a lot of education. Pictures, baseballs, autographs, just an unbelievable display of what the Negro League Baseball Leagues were all about. About Just a great, great time. I highly recommend anybody that is a sports fan to go see this great museum in Kansas City, Missouri. Now, you know, we got some news today, and I want to go over this with you. Obviously, everybody knows, and I'm getting it up here on my, um, on my page so I can read the actual uh, games to you. Let me get that for you right here. Da, 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 da. Let's see. There we go. All right. Um, I want to be able to tell you the games, but the NHL is back in play. 
And here are some key dates for all you hockey fans out there. The NHL is starting back up August 1st. All training camps open today. So if you're an NHL fan, your team reported a camp today. On uh, the 26th, they will travel to the two hub cities. If you haven't heard, the two hub cities are going to be in Canada, in Edmonton, and Toronto. Then on August 11, August 1st, the first rounds begin. I'm sorry, the qualifying rounds begin. Then on August 11th, you're going to have the first round. August 25th, the second round begins. September 8th is the conference finals. September 22nd, the Stanley Cup finals begin. If the game, Stanley Cup, should go seven games this year, the last possible date for the game will be October 4th. That's if there is a Game 7 involved. So those are some key dates in the NHL. Now, for some of you listeners out there, and I know we got a lot of Tampa Bay fans out there, a lot of New York fans out there. If you are a Tampa Bay, let's see where, there it is, Tampa Bay Lightning fan, you are in the round robin. Basically, you're playing three or four other teams to see where you're going to seed. You're already in the playoffs. You're playing for seed position, whether you're first seed, second seed, third seed, or fourth seed. So it's a four-team round robin. Um, for you Tampa Bay fans, you will open up first the Washington Capitals on August 3rd. Then on August 5th, you will play the Boston Bruins. And on the 9th, you will play the Philadelphia Flyers. So the four teams from the East qualifying rounds um, for the round robin is going to be the Flyers, the Bruins, the Capitals, and Lightning. All they're playing for is seeds. Now, for you New York fans that are joining us this evening, your Rangers will be in an East qualifying round. Best of five series. Same thing, first team to win three games. They will be playing, the New York Rangers will be playing the Carolina, Panth Carolina uh, Hurricanes, and the New York Islanders will be playing the Florida Panthers. Both of those games starting the series will be on August 1st, best three out of five. Um, let me see if there's any other teams. Pittsburgh Penguins will play the Canadians in the qualifying round. And we already mentioned the Bruins, so I think we got most of the teams that are listening right now on our platform. So the NHL, back in full swing, playoff hockey, right off the bat, August 1st. And if you're a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, once again, you will be playing in a round robin just to see where you will be seated. Now, um, as far as everything goes, uh, I think we had uh, the NBA reported that two out of 300 and something people that were tested for COVID-19 as of the July 7th in the bubble, only two of them came back positive. So that was some good news out of Orlando. So once again, want to welcome everybody here. We're about five minutes away from the great Earl Christie 
former New York Jet return specialist who was on that championship Super Bowl team in 1969 with the New York Jets. We're going to have a terrific interview for all of those joining us from different, different platforms. And I see lots of different platforms out there right now joining us. Do me a favor, hit the share button on your on your feed. Doesn't matter where you're listening. All you do is go down, hit share, and you can share this with all your friends. Give them this great opportunity to listen to what's about to be a great show. Now, after the interview with Earl Christie, we're going to talk a little bit about the AFC East. You know, we all know that Cam Newton just signed with the New England Patriots. But now with the exit of Tom Brady, who is considered the best quarterback in the AFC East? And I love to see my fans go ahead and, you know, let me know you're here. Leave a quick message. It takes two seconds. Just say hello. Love to know that you're here. Also, after the interview with Earl, you can call us. We have a calling line. Where if you want to ask some questions about any sports topics, something that's on your mind, or you just got a question after the interview with Earl, go ahead and give us a call. That number is 479-553-7008. Want to remind you all that tomorrow night, tonight we got Earl Christie. Tomorrow, former Minnesota twin pitcher, Daryl Jackson. We'll be joining us live on that. That's Tuesday night, tomorrow. Then on Wednesday, uh, we're going to move over to Crew Life. And we're going to have super fan Big Nasty on, on uh, Crew Life with us. So a great, great show on uh, Crew Life on Wednesday night. If you're a Buccaneer fan, you definitely have to join that show. So, so a great, great, great show in store for you all as i check some of our quick messages here before we get earl on the line here let's see if i still have that yep there we go all right so we're about two three minutes away um anyone that wants to go ahead and say hello let me know you're there love to know that i got you know who's there i don't get to see all the names of the fans that are actually on right now also if you're on a different platform you can go ahead and leave a message i'm just not sure if you're on a different platform that we will get the message we are not ignoring you the way to prevent that is later on after the show go to frankly speaking sports Join our unbelievable Facebook page. Doesn't matter if you belong to another group. We do shows five nights a week. You may want to listen to our show because it's not necessarily a show going on on your platform. Go ahead. Do that. We would love to have you as a member. Um, also want to remind you all that um, every Wednesday night, Every Wednesday night going forward, we will be on Crew Life, just like we will be this Wednesday night on Buck, Frankly Speaking Bucks. Every Wednesday night, join us on the Crew Life platform as we will be there doing that show as well. Um, you know, we had a lot of different topics that have been coming up in the last couple days, 
And we're going to go ahead and get to them after the interview. Last thing I want to do is start, you know, a lot of people are texting in, what do we think about COVID-19? That's a common question I get every night here. Um, you know, um, also want to welcome our good buddy from Crew Life, Rob Thompson. Um, actually, I think he's joining us from Miami tonight. So, you know, want to definitely welcome him to the sh uh, show. Um, like I said, if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns you want to talk about, please let us know and we will get to them. Also, want to welcome the New York Jets fans, all right, from New York Jets Hardcore and another New York Jets fan club joining us today. You're about to listen to an unbelievable story about a guy who did not play high school football. Earl Christie's school did not have a high school football team. So he was unable to play organized football until he went to college. And then a great story. He was a great, great basketball player. Great, great track um, and field. Just an unbelievable all-around athlete. So we're going to go ahead, get him on the phone, and we're about to hear just another amazing frankly speaking sports interview story from another great athlete who did very very well for themselves so let's go ahead and get our buddy earl christie on the line Okay. 
I played against the team. They had 42 points, and I scored 43 and missed six minutes of the third quarter because uh, he just took me out, you know, since we were, uh, you know, winning up so much in score. But and then my cousin asked me to put him back in the game so we could break the record, and the record was 35 points at that time. But, uh, yeah, I, I love basketball. And back in the day, you know, being 5'10", 5'11", I could dunk the basketball. That was unusual back in the 60s. You know, you had to be over six feet tall. And then, then in track and field, I was so blessed to have a great coach. That coach at Moses State went to Moses State. And, I mean, we won six straight championships in track and field. And then we also had cross country, which is running for distance. It was like a two-mile run. And uh, those are the things that we had at our school. We didn't have any other sports. Well, so let me ask you this, Earl. With you now playing football in high school, you end up going to college. When did it click to you, hey, I want to play football? Well, I was very blessed to have a roommate, Dr. Percy Thomas, today. Definitely, he became a doctor. He was the third-string quarterback on the football team, you know. And, and he told me in the PE classes that I majored in physical education, and he said, Earl, man, you got speed and everything, and you're a pretty good athlete. You should try out for the team. And that was after my freshman year. And and so I went out for the team over to the locker room, and he was messing around. He said, Earl, you lost your keys and misplaced the keys? I said, no. I said, no, you told me I could play football. He said, well, I was joking with you, but I know you had speed. And then uh, that's how I started, and then Kip McCain, the his coach was saying, what are you doing over here, young man? I said, I want to try for football. And, uh, you know, I want to try for the team. And uh, this guy's 300 pounds back in the day. Over in our college, we had people, they were laughing. He wants to play. They love new people. So in the spring, they had an opportunity for players to come out and try for the team. I didn't even know how to put on a football uniform because I never had one as a kid <laughs> to try on. And I had to get someone to help me off with my shoulder pads and everything. And uh, when I on the field, and what was so amazing, the coach, I was watching the guys. When one guy got hit as a running back and got knocked down, and they said, roll him off the field. I said, oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> you know, back in those days, they didn't have cell phones. I couldn't even call them. And then it happened again. And then the coach said, are you ready? Oh, Christy, come on in here. I'm going to teach you a play. I can remember today, 241, off tackle. And he said, you're going to take the football, and we're going to put you in running back, and you run off the left hip of the tackle on the left-hand side. So, you know, that's how I got started. And I had, and the first time I closed my eyes when I got hit, and the coach said, if you open your eyes, you may have scored. I was running over people. That's how I first got started. Incredible. So let me ask you this. Here you are, you're in college, you play what? Four years of college football, and you're signed by the New York Jets. Did you ever expect in your wildest dreams that you would make it to the NFL? No, person, I did not know that. You know what was amazing? Uh, you probably heard of Emerson Bozer. Yeah, oh yeah. So, okay, Walt Michaels was the assistant coach to Weaview Bank, the Hall of Fame coach for us, the New York Jets. And so he came down to see Emerson Boozer. So he saw this guy, number 21, from Maryland State, the University of Maryland, he said, sure, run 
can you imagine me, a farm boy, over 300 people in your hometown, and get a chance to go to New York City and, and as a free agent, because they drafted Boozer number three, and then the coach had nerve enough, Wall had nerve enough to ask me, would you like to play in the American Football League? I was ready. Because I thought, you know, I was a baseball player too, and I had a good shot there, and I had scouts looking at me in baseball. I thought that might be an option for me, but not football in my wildest dream. Now, you ended up being, uh, besides a cornerback, uh, you ended up being a return specialist, punt returns, kick returns. Tell our listeners, because some of them don't know, there was a big difference in the game being a return specialist back in the late 60s than there is today in the NFL, isn't it? Well, good question, Larry. Let, let me tell you something. Nowadays, they give you five yards. You cannot be in five yards. Can you imagine if I had that rule when I was playing? Are you kidding me? I never called for a fair catch the time that I played for the Jets. I figured they can't hit me till I catch it. But I paid the price one time. We were playing against the Buffalo Bills and big stuff stack. One of the big tackles was Buffalo Bills. Before I was and he hit me in my side, my ribs ate for about six months, the whole season. And I'm saying it was amazing. But back in the day, you would have the room. And, and you know, and then plus, I never wanted to touch the football down. I came out of the end zone every time. Because I, I believe in that I'm going to get up at least to the 20-yard line or more. You know, because if you have a touchback, it's 20 yards. They take it out of the 20-yard line. Right. But then, for the rules they had there, and, and even with the blocking scheme, Man, the back in the day, man, it was different. I mean, you, you, you on that football field, you were in trouble. I mean, they didn't let you clip them, but good night, there was some slow coach calls in that clipping <laughs> part. But no, it, it was a tough thing. You had to catch that ball, and they, they'd be all over you. Now, Earl, do you think they're taking too much of the physicality out of football? Well, I, I have to say, it would be really tough for us to play because we would be getting penalties. You know, we believe in the theory. If you went up in the field, uh, we'd go hit you if you're up in the state, okay? <laughs> that whistle stop blowing. There's no question about it. Oh, there's no doubt about it that you know, the rules, but they're trying to protect the players, but they still getting hurt. You know, back in the day, I mean, it's you, you on that field, and the quarterback, oh, good gracious. Right. You know, you know, the Brady rule or that type of rule, no. You went all out, you know, and, and it, I, I'm glad to protect the quarterback. There's no question about it. But no, you were on that football field, and if you were out of bounds, you were game to be hit. Now, before we get into the Super Bowl and that particular game, you know, if you look at the team that the Jets had on the field, I mean, I would have to say before that, I guess you could say 68 season started, I mean, you had some guys on that team that were incredible playmakers. I mean, what you have, um, you had a uh, uh, Snell on that team. You had, of course, Boozer. Uh, Greg, what was it? George Sawyer, uh, Don Maynard. The uh, wide receiver that caught eight in the Super Bowl game. Yeah. What's got the best hands? Just like Raymond Berry, the great wide receiver that played for the Baltimore Colts. Phenomenal. Don Maynard. Oh, 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 Hall of Famer. I mean, good night. Unbelievable. 
And you had two receivers that year that had over a thousand yards receiving. Oh, it, it was phenomenal. I mean, I mean, I used to watch him in practice and play against him. Okay, that's uh, our toughest game was playing in practice against each other, and that was a four baby. Now let me ask you this, Earl. You guys go on, you get to the playoffs. Um, you know, nobody gave you a chance in the Super Bowl. Let, let's talk before the Super Bowl. Your buddy Joe Namath, Broadway Joe, comes out and guarantees a victory. What was the guys on the team's initial thoughts before that game when they heard Joe come out and guarantee a win? Well, let, let me give you a short story on that. Well, you know, Joe went to a, a sports thing and he was receiving an award and this guy in the back room was piling out. Hey, Joe, you guys are going to get killed Sunday. You're, they're going to destroy you. Now, this was on Thursday now. I am just want to just bring you up to date. My grandmother, who was a praying person, didn't know much about football, but she said we were going to win the game on Monday. But Joe guaranteed a victory. So this guy up there at Hackland, Joe, and Joe just got a, I'm sick and tired of hearing you talk. We're going to win this game, and I guarantee you, that's what he came out of. But then, with you, but wanted to go under the table. He said, Joe, Joe, why did you say that? And Joe said, when, and you tell us that we're going to win the game? He said, yeah. He said, don't give him no extra ammunition. But let me just tell you a history that a lot of people don't know. There were five persons from Maryland Eastern Shore, University of Maryland, on both teams. Two on the coast, James Duncan and Charlie Stoop. And Emerson Boozer and myself, we played together. So we used to beat up on them in practice in college, okay? <laughs> and we had Johnny Sample, as you know, one of the great scorners that ever played the game. So we had five players on both teams, more than any college in America, and we had only 600 to 800 students, boys and girls. Yeah, and that's incredible. I actually was going to ask you about that. I did see that. Let me ask you this about the game. You're, you know, everybody, maybe but the players on that field uh, for the Jets, thought the New York Jets were not going to win that game. How much more special was it to just tear the Colts apart and beat them that game? Well, first of all, I'm from Maryland. That's my hometown team. Right. I grew up really loving John United, Lenny Moore, John Mackey was the greatest tight end that ever played the game, okay? Because he could block and uh, run patterns, okay? So he could do both. And when we have some good ones nowadays that can block and catch the football. But what happened... Uh, you know, in, in that game, it was so uh, dramatic. Uh, we were looking at film. And Joe and Pete Lambert said, we, we better stop looking at the film before we get overconfident. And most people didn't realize Joe called 80 to 90% of the plays from the line of swimming. And the coach had an awesome defense. They only allowed probably seven or eight points a game. They destroyed everything. The only team that beat them was uh, um, the, that team that year was Cleveland. They came back and beat Cleveland 34 to nothing. So the big part about it, their defense was awesome. They said it was like David and Goliath. We didn't have a chance. But we felt that way because they were going to be in the wrong defense. Because when they got to the line, Joe 
hot covers. We had three hot covers. And boom, those South Court eight passes, like I said, in that game. We knew it. And Don Maynard had a full month He was just a decoy. I'm telling you, if he would have been healthy, the score would have been lost. Wow. So let me ask you this. In your well, I'm sure it'll be your honest opinion. How good of a quarterback was Joe Namath? Okay, first of all, Joe Namath's a winner. He didn't have the greatest stats in the world. In fact, in that game, he didn't even throw a pass in the second, uh, the, the last quarter, the fourth quarter. But Joe Namath's is ability to influence and motivate and inspire players. Because every time we went in the game with his happiness and profound ways of attitude and all that, we thought we were going to win every game. And actually, we should have won that game. As you'll probably ask me about the Heidi game and some other games, we thought sometimes we would go on the field and we just show up and win. And we lost to two of the weaker teams that year, uh, Denver and Buffalo Bills. Okay? But the, the bottom line is that he was a tremendous student of the game. And that's why like people like Dan Marina, even Terry Bradshaw, they would tell me they would model their game after Joe because of his great relief. And the reason why, that's why the Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's, and what have you, are students of the game because Joe studied our receivers. And we view based coach two great quarterbacks, John United, yep. when he won a championship, and Joe Davis, and he said, we had one of the most, in fact, he said we had the most intelligent football team he ever coached. And you know something, Earl? You talk about that Heidi game, and if you really think about that game, it would have just been another game if the television network, you know, it would have been a great comeback, obviously, by the Raiders, but it would have just been another game that just passed by eyes, just a loss, but because of that you know, the television and what they did at that time, that game just got blown up. No question about it, Joe. It was on national TV, West Coast TV, so we had the nation on NBC, and, and of course you've seen the film before, and my old man, okay, we're winning, all I got to do is run the kickoff back, Joe run the clock out, we go home with a victory. But no, we kicked off to me, and I'm running with the football, and my own man, right. Mark Polinski, I forgave him after 20 years. <laughs> out of my hand, it goes in the end zone, they score a touchdown. But still, we're in pretty good shape, okay? Then the next thing, we got Jim Hudson got kicked out of the game, okay? When he got kicked out, they went on our rookie, and they scored a touchdown. They scored two touchdowns in nine seconds and beat right. And I had a buddy of mine. He couldn't watch the game because he had something to do. And you know how you go in the tunnels and the radio signals go off? Yep. And he, we win it, right, when he went in the tunnel? And he comes out the tunnel and he said, and the Raiders beat the Jets, 42 to 32, whatever you go I can remember. And he almost wrecked his car. It was so <laughs> fucking bad. They burned the circus out, just like you said. So I'm responsible now that no show will be cut away from for its whole, it will be played in its own entirety. So I get claimed for that thing. So you guys got to <laughs> So tell us about New York. You're in New York. You win it. Obviously, that city was hungry for a championship. 
What was it like after that game in the city? I mean, the game wasn't played, obviously, in New York. It was in Miami. But what was it like? What What was it like when you got back to New York? Let me tell you something. Of course, you know, they, when, you, when you, the mayor at that time, I guess it was Mayor Daly, but they gave us a big day at City Hall and everything. I mean, everywhere we went, everybody wanted to give us something. They didn't pay for nothing. I said, we need to win every year. But that, I mean, the city was buzzing. And as you know, three in a row, and we beat three of my hometown teams, the, the, the Jets won, the Knicks won, and uh, I think the Oils won three to the championship. That's it, buddy. We're gonna, I'll just re-ask you that question when we come back. Yeah, okay. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with Earl Christie. We're sorry about that technical difficulty, but we're going to go ahead and continue with our conversation with the great Earl Christie. Earl, why don't you tell our listeners about your book, give a little synopsis of what the book is about and how they can go about getting the book. First of all, I, I have been a blessed man and on a great journey, and I just want to share with um, young people, old people, sports fans, people in general. That's what makes the book so amazing, is that the guy, uh, my uh, one of my writers, uh, Ruben Rodriguez, and the uh, Joy Buckles, man, they did a phenomenal job on the book because they gave a history where I came from, uh, humble beginnings on a farm, and my mother only 16 years older than me, and then my grandmother raised me, and raised both of us, and then from there, to have the opportunity to be an entrepreneur to own my own clothing store, record store, and then uh, a school teacher. That's one of the greatest things I ever had the opportunity to be a school teacher, uh, to be a coach, and what have you. And then uh, from there, go into media, uh, my own TV talk shows, which I'm still doing. I, I started that in 1971, and radio sports talk I used to do the pregame for the coach, uh, football team and all those type of things. And then uh, one of the most important things that I've had the opportunity. I wanted to share the story. I'm an ordained minister, and that's been a tremendous thing that I've, I'm having the opportunity. I'm a motivational speaker, inspirational speaker, and I have the opportunity to share this with young people. And, and you know, that is so important to me. Uh, and I'm involved in different programs right now that I, I share my story with because I want to let them know it's not where you start. It's where you finish, and you truly can be. I'm, I'm a living example, and even through adversities that I've had in life, and we can't let that, you know, even growing up in a single parent, and I let them know, we don't let those things stop us. If we want to persevere, we want to have the attitude, because I believe in this. Your attitude will take you to your altitude, and it's all about making choices in life. You know, each and every day, making good decisions. And then this is what I wanted to share with the whole world. And I've been so blessed to be able to travel all the world and do those things. It's not about materialistic things. I grew up in a family that's filled with a lot of love. And that's what we need more in the world. And I want to show that 
respect, even if someone mistreats you and, and, and everything, you can forgive one another. You know, those type of things. And, and I think the book really reflects that. And it just shows you. Like I talked about tragedy before, before we went off. Uh, I had my first wife got killed in a car accident. So I, I learned that we're going to have trials and tribulations. And then this was a really tough. My daughter, at 33 years old, died because of her second, my second oldest grandson that was born. And it was just as devastating to me. But because of my spiritual beliefs and things of that nature, it really got me through. But just to show you that you can have trials and tribulations, but don't let nothing stop you if you persevere and you believe and trust in it. And, you know, and, I, and the importance of getting a good education is, is in the book that I want to share with people. I mean, 12 years without missing one day. Now, I didn't say I wanted to go to school every day, but my grandmother, I just can't thank her enough of the sharing the love and everything. And that's why I wanted to share my story with people in the hope that it will be inspiring, motivating to people and let them know that the, it's a great journey where you do the right things and love one another. Because we all are neighbors and we need to love one another. And that's the true story that I share in my story. So it's got really different things in it that I hope that it will touch other people's lives. That we can be successful if we persevere. Now where can they get this book, girl? Uh, only 1995, And uh, shipping and handling it's only four ninety five, and uh, I will give you where they can receive this book at the present time. Um, you can go to www.earlchristie.com. That's com and Christie is C H R I S T Y. Or you can register order at www.postable. P-O-S-T-A-B-L-E dot com forward slash Earl Christie or lowercase. No spacing yet, just like you normally do. Okay?
you. So uh, I, I look for great things to happen. And, and like I said, every team will have their time. It's just amazing. Yeah, I, I love it. And their facility is second to none. And I love their owners. Oh, man, they, they're magnificent. And they deserve a championship. So they need to put another trophy in there. So it's been too long. It's definitely been too long, no doubt about that. Well, Earl, I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for allowing us the privilege of having you on the show tonight. Well, I, I'm grateful and thankful you just keep doing it, man. You're just knocking it out in the park. Man, you're an awesome guy, man. Appreciate you. And I'll be seeing you around. We just hope and pray that we'll have this football season. We can get this over with so we can have our Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, Florida. There you go, my friend. All right, be safe, sir. You take care and stay safe. Thank you. You too. That was the great Earl Christie. Uh, he was the return specialist and quarterback for the Super Bowl champion for Super Bowl Three, New York Jets. Uh, I do want to remind you all, um, first of all, what a great, great interview. A great, great interview. And, you know, we do apologize about some of the technical difficulties we had earlier in the show. We are doing a two-part show. This is the second part of the show. Uh, do want to remind you that, frankly speaking, sports will be back again tomorrow when we have Daryl Jackson, former Minnesota twin pitcher. He pitched from the year... Um, 1978 to 1982. So he will be on tomorrow night. And then once again, we will be on Crew Life beginning at 9 p.m. on Wednesday night with Big Nasty being on the Hall of Fame Superfan. What a great show that's going to be as well. Um, Want to remind you all there are several different platforms you can watch us on. You can watch us on Frankly Speaking Sports. You can watch us on Twitter, which is at Larry Frankis. And you can watch us at YouTube, Frankly Speaking Sports. And, you know, as we wrap this show up, you know, Earl talked about Tom Brady finally being gone out of the AFC East. A lot of questions being raised now. Is this possibly... Sam Arnold's division now. You know, it was Tom Brady's for the last 20 years. Now that he's gone, who is the best quarterback in the AFC? We know it's not the Dolphins. You know, you can't say Cam Newton. He's been hurt. He's been injured. There's still a lot of questions. So one of the big questions comes up, is Sam Donald considered the best quarterback in the AFC East. Love to get comments, even if you're listening on tape. If you listen to this and you did not hear the first part of the show, a reminder that tonight is a two-part show. The first part went about 45 minutes, and this one's going to go for the remaining time. Want to thank you all for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed this great, great interview. And if you're going to listen to the replay, Please make sure that you go ahead and remember it is a two-part show. For everyone, be safe, and we'll see you tomorrow night on another episode of Frankly Speaking Sports.